Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Hello, hello, everybody. We are so excited for you to meet our special guest, Signe Gines. We first crossed paths with Signe 17 years ago when we moved to a new town and our children changed schools. And Signe was our oldest son, Tosh, his ninth grade Earth Systems teacher at the local junior high. And she later moved to the high school and taught our other children. And, you know, Signe is one of those teachers that truly cared about her students and went over and beyond what was required to help her students succeed. Yeah, and I just uh, ran into her recently at Costco. And, and it was just a quick, hello, how are you? I haven't seen you for a long time. How are you doing? I uh, started learning about the family and what they're doing. And uh, it didn't take long before I knew that she had a story that we needed to share. Uh, amazing story uh, that she needed to be on our uh, our podcast, Life in 22 Minutes. It was funny because Signe and, and Becky and I go back a long ways, as Becky mentioned. I was I had the opportunity of coaching her boys in wrestling, and I was able to coach them and work with them and have a good time and, and enjoy getting to know them. But she also was the coach of the cheer squad at the high school, and so she coached our daughters in cheer. And so we have just uh, went from seeing each other daily to hadn't seen each other for a while. And so as I played catch-up with her, I, I found out that she had cancer. And I was like, what in the world? I mean, how did we see each other every day? And now I haven't seen you for a while, and you've been battling cancer. So we're going to talk. We've seen pictures of her on Facebook and other social media of hiking these great peaks and high mountains. And like, how are you doing that with cancer? What, what's the we story? We are going to learn. So anyway, so welcome, Signe Gines. Welcome. Glad you could be with us today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and visit with you both again. Well, it's going to be good. Her story is inspiring, and uh, she shared some things with me that are impressive. And so I wanted uh, our listeners to hear about it, because what our job is is to lift and elevate and motivate people and help them to uh, reach their full potential and also just realize that life's tough on everybody. And sometimes it just flat out sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just no other way to say it. I mean, you got cancer. So tell us about this. Well, it was in uh, January of 2015. I had started having some excruciating pains on my right side in my lower back. And I was thinking that it was just maybe uh, kidney stones. And my daughter, Amy, had had kidney stones. And so I called her and we were talking back and forth. And, notes. Exactly. And there were some things that matched and some things that just didn't. And so I figured that I better go see a doctor. I made an appointment with a urologist, and he actually was the husband to one of the women that worked at Lehigh High School with me. So I went to his office, and it was his PA that actually saw me, whose name was uh, Matt. And he ran all the tests and said, you know, things just don't quite match ups. He had me do a CAT scan 
And um, I went home from the doctor's, and it was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It was a Friday afternoon, and he called me, and I was just waking up from a nap when the phone rang. So I was kind of groggy. I said, hello, Matt. He says, yeah. He says, I've got good news. It's not kidney stones, but the radiologist thinks you have lymphoma. And, of course, you're kind of half asleep, and I'm wondering, how's that good news? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We talked for a minute, and um, he said, you know, you're going to have to go in and have some other exams done. You'll have to have some biopsies taken, and, you know, we'll refer you to an oncologist. And Matt literally took care of absolutely everything. He set up every single appointment for me. He set up all my biopsies. All I did was have to show up. He was amazing and so caring. Did he ever explain to you why he said he had good news? <laughs> no, and I never did ask him. <laughs> so was it, it was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? Yeah. The first biopsy they took was of the actual lymph nodes that were bad. I had several tumors in my lower, it's called the retroperitoneal cavity, so lower back. And then I had one up by my jugular vein. So I was uh, labeled as stage 3. Um, But the biopsy actually did not come back very conclusive as to which type. There were, there's protein markers on each cell and some of the protein markers didn't quite match up and they had to send it back east actually to have another specialist read the, the outcome and they determined that it was large cell B lymphoma, and my my treatment would be the beloved RCHOP. And each letter, R-C-H-O-P, is a different uh, chemo drug that you take. And don't ask me to say them because I don't. <laughs> I don't know all their names. Wow. wow. We've, we've been through the same, not, not in our family, us personally, but my mother and one of my best friends uh, was diagnosed with the same thing. Both of them were told the same thing, that this if you're going to have cancer, this is the one to have. This is the most beatable cancer. And my mother survived and my friend didn't. It's not something that's, oh, yeah, everybody survives this. That's right. It's not. I know when I was going through the initial stages of having the biopsies and then having the chemo port put in, and the doctor, my doctor, made me take a chemo class to teach you about the side effects and what you can expect from some of the drugs. And I remember sitting in his office listening to this 30-minute video, listening, listening to all these horrible things. And, of course, my first thought was, oh, my gosh, this stuff's going to kill me more than the cancer will. And then after I left his office, I, I vowed that I was going to be okay. I was not going to let this get the best of me. Wow. I've always heard from people who have been on chemo that they always know when it's time to have their next session because it's the first day they start feeling better. <laughs> That's true. Yep. You, My treatments were once every three weeks. And the week that you get chemo, you feel pretty good. It's the middle week when your body just crashes and starts flushing everything out and your blood cells kind of reach their lowest point. And then um, it's the third week where you start feeling better and then it's time to go back for the slaughter. (laughs) Wow. You decided to have a positive mindset. You have to. There's just no other way. 
I remember when I was going through my treatments, when my treatment day would come, I would send a text message to all my kids and I would say, woohoo, it's the third round today, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, I made it fun mm-hmm. if, if that's possible. I continued to teach school. And there were a lot of people that would ask, you know, aren't you afraid of getting secondary infections? And I said, no. And I took care of my students. And I decided to adorn the bald head because I couldn't wear hats. It hurt my head, actually. Uh, They give you a a shot. It's called Nulasta that initiates the bone marrow to make new red blood cells, you know, the... So when you're going through that phase, your bones are actually working overtime, and so you get achy. It's just like kind of going through puberty again. Your bones and joints start aching, and it's weird. My my head, my cranium hurt the worst. Wow. So I, I didn't even wear hats. So you had a bald head. You I lived did. in our town, and I did not <laughs> see this. This is amazing. You've gone through the cancer. Uh, obviously, you're here with us today, and you survived, miraculous in its own own way. And But bigger than that, you've decided to take upon yourself every mountain in the world. And uh, and that, that might be a little stretch. She hasn't taken on every mountain. But tell us what you're doing. Well, I started hiking and backpacking several years ago. And that was one of my biggest decisive things is being positive through this whole cancer was I didn't want to quit hiking and backpacking. So even though I was going through chemo treatment, I was still getting out on weekends and snowshoeing and climbing. And I got slower and slower as the treatments, you know, went on, but I still was doing it. Um, And that that wasn't going to be a problem. They didn't worry about a... a accelerated heart rate or anything like that, speeding things up or doing things? No, the doctor just said, do what you can do. And if you're, if you feel good, keep doing it. And it it was fun because when I would go in for my appointments, he would say, so tell me about your adventures this week, Signe. (laughs) And I remember one time I was telling him that I had done a 17 mile loop hike trail run and he was pretty amazed that I had been able to do that after four rounds of chemo treatment. And then my last chemo treatment was May 26th of 2015. So it was right before Sky and Tanner graduated from high school. Those are our two youngest children. Yep. (laughs) And I taught three weeks of summer school for the high school. And then the 28th of June, I headed to Idaho for a 178-mile backpacking trip. Wow. Yes. Wow. You know, one of the quotes that comes to mind as you're sharing this story is something that our friend Chad Hymas says, life is not determined by what happens to me, but by how I respond to what happens. It is not about what life brings to me, but what I bring to life. Exactly. And I totally agree with that. You know, every day is a gift, and I don't think there's anything that has made me more humble and more appreciative, having the fear of my children looking at me when I told them that I had cancer. So many unknowns and so many variables and wondering, you know, if you're going to make it. 
I think seeing their faces is what gave me even more courage to make it through this fight. Because you had some married kids, and you had some kids that were still growing up. Yes. And you had grandkids you wanted to be a part of their lives. and Absolutely. And get, your, get your kids through high school. Wow. Okay, so now you told me uh, of some things you're doing in Colorado, and you also <laughs> told me of something you're going to do this summer, this next summer, almost a year from now. So Colorado, oh my gosh, there are so many gorgeous mountains, and I love climbing. And they have 58 named uh, 14ers, so 14,000-foot peaks, and I have climbed all but eight of them. Okay, just a sec. We've got to get some clarity here. Okay. 58 peaks over 14,000 feet. Yes. And you've been on 52 of them. Yes. Wow. Yep. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Yep, and I headed there this summer, and I have to tell you that the first peak that I summited this summer, it was the first peak I'd climbed since I'd had cancer. I had an emotional summit, mm -hmm. and I just knelt down and said a prayer of gratitude for my health, for the beauty that surrounded me, and for the ability to continue to do what I love and take care of my family. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. I, I've had those kind of moments, but not to that magnitude. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So this coming summer, I have put in uh, for a sabbatical with the school district. And, you know, I think what prompted me to make the decision to do a fundraiser for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society was I attended an event last year, and it's called Light the Night Walk. And there are three colors of lanterns that are given to people during the event. There's a red lantern, and those lanterns are given to people who have been affected by cancer, not necessarily the person diagnosed, but all the family members and just whoever's been involved with cancer. The gold lanterns were given to family members to represent those who have passed away to cancer. And the white lanterns are given to those who survive. And as I held my white lantern and looked around at how few there are, mm -hmm. it made me want to do something bigger than just myself. So I've been awarded this sabbatical, and sometime between June and July, I will be stepping my little feet onto the Pacific Crest Trail and making the 2,650-mile trek to raise money for leukemia and lymphoma. Wow. That's amazing. And, and how can our listeners get involved and help in this? Um, there's going to be a website through the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society where people can go onto the website and make donations through this website. My goal is to raise a half million dollars. They asked where that number came out, and when I started looking at my medical bills, I realized that just my treatment alone was almost a quarter million. So I figured if I can help two people and maybe involve some money to help in the research to find better treatments, so that's how I came out with a half million. But it would be wonderful if I could do a whole million. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be something. <laughs> and we will add that website to our show notes. So you listeners, you can go to our, our website on lifein22minutes.com, and you'll be able to find the website that Signe is, is meant, has just mentioned. 
So, yeah, we want to see her succeed. We want to see many people succeed. And that's what you're doing it for. Is uh, That's amazing. That was so, so heartfelt to think of all those white, or the very few white lanterns that were there. Yeah, it was very humbling. And I, I don't think I've had anything touch me so much as that that night. And I walked away from there knowing that I survived cancer for a reason. Mm-hmm. And this is part of that. That's awesome. So tell the listeners, a lot of them aren't going to know the name of that trail. Where does it start and where does it end? Okay, the Pacific Crest Trail is a hike through California, Oregon, and Washington. The starting point can either be at either end. So you either start at the Mexican border and go up into Canada or start in Canada and go down to the Mexican border. I'm hoping to start in the north and end in the south, and the reason for that is so that my family will have an easier time to greet me at the end <laughs> in, in California than try to get passports to get up into Canada. Right. So the family's not going with you. Uh, you're nope. not. You're not taking all your uh, group of people that always go hiking with you, right? Who, who goes hiking with you? I'm doing this on my own. Um, there will be many people on the trail, but I'm doing this as a solo venture. Wow. And I'm going to stick my white lantern in in my backpack so people know I'm doing this for cancer. So are you going to have, is there drops along the way that have your food and supplies? I have to set all of that up myself. But yes, you have to resupply. Um, I've kind of planned out some of it already. And I know that I have, in order to complete it in four months, I have to do between 25 and 30 miles a day. That's incredible. I did a 5K once. (laughs) I need to pick it up a little bit. And we we all heard about it for like three weeks. (laughs) Well, the thing is we're all on different levels of of physical activity and and just getting out and being active. And even when you don't feel good, you know, it's important because it just helps your mental well-being. Oh, absolutely. There's many health benefits to hiking and walking and Boost your creativity, helps with depression, and, and all sorts it, of it does of great, fabulous things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And one other thing that maybe we just need to have an understanding of is how long was your bout with cancer, and how long have you been cancer-free? Um, I was diagnosed in January of 2015. I did six months of chemo treatment. Um, and when I went back in August... For my PET scan, um, there were no tumors visible. And I will be having another PET scan come February. So hopefully things are showing no signs of cancer. So I'm really not that fresh out of cancer. Wow. It's only been a year since, a little over a year since my last treatment. That's awesome. Before we started this interview, before I hit record... You and I were just talking, and you were telling me about your school year, and you mentioned your motto that you have for your students this year. Will you tell our listeners about that? I would love to. Um, During my traveling during the summer, of course, I spent a lot of time in my Jeep going from trailhead to trailhead, and when you're by yourself, you listen to lots of radio, and I was flipping through the radio stations, and a song came on, and it's by Tim McGraw, and it's the song Humble and Kind. And I guess because of my experiences that I've had over the past year and a half, um, that song really touched me. And I was thinking 
that that is something I really need to pass on to my students, that motto of being humble and kind. And I played it the very first day of school to every single class of my students. And I told them that I'm going to be reminding them every day to be kind to each other. And in fact, just today, I played the music video for them, which they had not seen. And at the end, we had a little discussion. And I said, you know, in school, learning math, learning English, learning science, all of those things are so important. But it's not near as important as just being kind to each other. There's not a better ending that we could have for this podcast. (laughs) 22 minutes goes fast. Thank you, Signe, for being on our podcast and for sharing your great words of wisdom. And we will all be cheering for you and wanting to do a part two to hear about your journey when you complete your your goals. Yeah, there were so many great takeaways. Uh, just mainly a positive mental attitude uh, that got you through so much. And to do what you love. I, I loved how the fact you were you were going through chemo and you continued to go on your hikes and, and just do what you love to do. So many great takeaways. And the biggest one was be kind to one another. Uh, awesome. I'm going to go listen to Tim McGraw's song, Humble and Kind, right now. How fortunate your your students are to have you, Signe. You're amazing. Thank you, That's Scott awesome. and Becky. Yeah, thank you very much. Good to see you again. All right, goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, Tell your friends about us and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.